Welcome to the Bridging Medicines podcast, a place where we explore and discover ways to heal and enhance our life experience physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Follow me to the show. Hello everyone, Emily here, back again. Today I'm recording for the fourth time this episode on postpartum fitness and physical healing. Uh, There's so much I want to say about this topic. Uh, I have done a lot of research and also a lot of practice um, after both my pregnancies to um, help and support my body uh, find a new functional state after pregnancy. And... I've, I'm just so passionate about helping other women um, with on this topic and every time I record it I'm just not satisfied and I keep wanting to add on more and another layer and I'm hoping this will be the last one. So I'm setting the intention to uh, stay grounded and present and talk slowly and go through the points that I have on my list one at a time. The girls are away today. Vitaly and I already went out for a beautiful sunny walk. I have lit some sage. Here we go. Firstly, uh, I want to explain a little bit where I'm coming from regarding um, fitness or or physical fitness. Uh, I grew up as an athlete, so I do have a background in having that discipline to move almost every day. Uh, When I was 12, 13 years old, I was swimming competitively and training for two hours, seven times a week in the pool. And then after that, once I quit swimming, it didn't really stop because then I joined the cross country team in high school and um, played ice hockey. And anyway, it was just moving all the time, (laughs) probably way more than the average person. So I have a background in having that discipline in moving and in loving to move. So when you know we talk about um, privileges and where we're coming from, just keep that in mind. I don't want to uh, offend anyone or take anything for granted as I go through this because um, I know some people don't have a background in that physical fitness discipline. And that's totally okay. What I do want to say is that every little bit counts. And, you know, we have to check in with our goals and with our mental states and emotional blockages possibly around fitness. Um, But every little bit counts. It's amazing. Sometimes I don't move for, you know, um, a week or two or I, I don't do very much. And then when I come back to it, at first, it, and my whole body feels a little bit floppy. And then with a few core exercises or different things, even just a half hour a day, like three times, three or four times a week, makes an incredible difference. Absolutely incredible. So I just want to say to do the best that you can with the resources you have, um, whether that be financial or with time or with support that you have with your family, um, and also your own mental conditioning and uh, emotional state. Just do the best that you can in every single moment. That's all we can do. And if we allow ourselves to really do that, we have more freedom to do more because we just let go of it all and just do what we can in the moment. And I promise that that makes a big difference. So I wanted to say that first. Uh, secondly, I will be talking uh, here about... Um, women and mothers and I'm not going to go into the more broader uh, gender varieties that there are. Um, I'm not really well versed in the gender issues as of yet. Um, I don't mean again to exclude anyone through this. Um, I'm also sort of attached to the terms mother and woman. especially regarding um, motherhood and postpartum healing. But I know these terms don't apply to anyone. Um, So I'm not, you know, I know 
I'm aware that some people might not fit into these categories. I'm not sure exactly how to go about referring to them. So if anyone wants to help me out and listens to this and has suggestions as to what I can say, uh, please don't hesitate to send me a message. And otherwise, I'm going to keep going ahead with woman and mother until I find a better way to um, express what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, next, when we're talking about our postpartum fitness, um, I think we have to kind of bring ourselves back to what is our motivation and what is our final goal. Um, we see often in uh, magazines and newspapers or in the media, they often talk about celebrities recovering their postpartum bodies um, like three months postpartum or whatever. <laughs> Luckily, we have social media, which has shown us much more of the reality of what different postpartum bodies can look like. And there's honestly such a beautiful wide range and variety of the changes that can happen to a woman's body postpartum. So, you know, it's not about recovering the body that we had before the pregnancy because that's most likely not going to be possible. In fact, you're a whole new person just because you've probably lived a year or two years more than that previous person. So you're a new person. <laughs> Don't try to go back to that same person. Don't try to go back to that same body. Um, and we can't also expect ourselves to only love our body if it goes back to that previous state. Um, I feel that postpartum fitness is about mm, recovering or supporting the body to having to being functional in the way that we want it to function. So that can mean that for some people, they don't need to come back to a super high level of fitness. Now, again, keep in mind, I love to move and I have struggled with my own body image issues in the past. Um, and I've even sometimes wanting to let go completely because I would sort of work out a lot, get to a body image that I finally approved of. And then um, my ego would swell because of it. And then that just felt terrible. And the other side of that is like depression and hating myself and hating all exercise and stopping it completely and then feeling very floppy and not strong. And so I've been on both sides of the spectrum. And um, oh, I can't remember where I was going with that. Oh, yes, but that the goal is to ha have a functional body with regards to how we want it to function. And now something that I, th I think is really important, um, just in like a health wise is posture and being able to hold our children. Now babies want to be held, one year olds want to be held, two-year-olds almost want to be held even more than babies want to be held and sometimes three-year-olds want to be held too but at that point they just get too heavy and um, that's one thing I've found especially with um, the fitness the exercise that I've done since my second daughter's birth is that after I come back to a regular routine it's just so much easier to hold her like my back can feel strong and straight and I can hold her and I feel like strong like a tree <laughs> when I'm holding her. Um, and, and I know what it feels like to feel floppy and kind of unstable and that my back hurts after holding her. So that is just relieving that pain is one huge motivation. Um, for me, I, I have practiced yoga for quite a few years and that is kind of um, a way for me to calm my mind and and move the body and and burn off some extra energy and so one of my motivations has been to be able to come back to my yoga practice and even to start working on more advanced postures like the handstand that has been a dream of mine for the past mm, five, six years <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting closer um but so that that has been some of my sort of fitness motivations. So I just encourage you wherever you're at to kind of look at what is like the main motivation and and to work with that. And that can be different for everyone. Um, 
I, for example, am not, not so much of an artistic person, although that's, I'm building on it and working on it. But for example, if I wanted to um, be able to p play the piano and have a good posture for that, well, that does take um, a bit of focus and time spent on strengthening the upper back and posture because breastfeeding will tend to round us over crunching and hunching forward and just a few sort of chest opening exercises and strengthening exercises for the upper back can make tremendous differences even for something like playing the piano or an instrument or drawing or just even playing our, with our kids and being able to sit on the floor with them as many mothers find themselves on the floor with their kids and just having um, the strength and posture and even opening in the hips to be able to do that and again that might not be necessary or important for you like I know a few moms who um, sit on some chairs and find you know other um, other ways to to make that comfortable and that can work great so I just want to say that I'm coming definitely from a perspective of being um, more physical and, and fitness minded um, than the average person and just keep that in mind as I talk and just to take note of what's really important for you and what resonates for you. So it doesn't have to be the same as I do it. Um, another thing is it's much easier to be physical with the body when we love our body, where it's at right now. And that can be such a tough thing. And this can apply for anyone, um, whether you're postpartum or not, because sometimes, uh, well, we can find ourselves too floppy and don't really like our shape, and it kind of scares us to do anything about it. Um, or we can kind of overdo it and overexercise just because we hate the, our bodies so much, and neither of those things are productive. The body that we have um, holds our inner self for the experiences, all good and bad, but beautiful, of life. And when we can sit with it and thank it and be grateful for it, for having brought us through all these experiences and sit in love with where it is right now, then it's much easier to go forward and do exercise and fitness in a way that's respectful of the current body. Um, for example, it can be hard for me sometimes to do the easier adaptations of physical movements, like when there's a workout routine and they say, oh, Le Leslie today is going to do the easier versions, the beginner versions, and that can be really hard for my ego. I want to do the harder version all the time, but um, in the first year postpartum, when every time I jumped, it felt like my pelvic floor was going to um, <laughs> fall out from under me a little bit, uh, I knew that I had to take the gentler approach and not do the full jumping jacks and just do a one-legged jumping jack. And the less I fought where my body was right now and the more I just did those easy jumping jacks, the faster my body could actually heal and get to those um, true jumping jacks. So what i've kind when i've been reflecting on this whole postpartum um period and coming back to um a functional body a body that is no longer carrying a baby or breastfeeding uh like carrying a baby inside the body such as, like in pregnancy or breastfeeding um a baby I'm still nursing my baby a little bit but it's much less um i've kind of uh, come to this realization about postpartum and pregnancy um, that it feels like a flower blooming and wilting and then blooming again. Hear me out. Um, for example, like we, let's take the tulips in the spring. They come up, they grow, there's a bud, the bud opens and the flower comes out and it's absolutely beautiful and stunning and sometimes we wish the flower could stay around forever but then the flower wilts 
and then the plants are out and the leaves have to shine to get in the energy from the sun and to grow strong and gather energy into the bulb. And then the whole plant goes to sleep, sleeps into the earth, and then comes back out again the next year. And if we can learn to appreciate all of these different cycles in nature and in ourselves, these cycles that our bodies go through become much more easy to flow through. Um, for, so relating that to birth and pregnancy and motherhood, I feel like the pregnancy time is the time of the bud and, and we're, we're budding, we've got this belly growing and there's just so much excitement and potential and um, a lot of women feel very beautiful in pregnancy, though I know some don't and feel very, very ill. Um, but our hair tends to be thicker and uh, our boobs grow and we're pretty sensual and just budding with all this energy. And then birth um, can represent sort of the flower opening, almost like our um, vulva and vagina open to allow our baby out. And then it's it feels very much like a wilting afterwards. Um, all of our life force energy is going towards the baby and we're not sleeping very much. In fact, there's, I find, a beautiful purity, especially in the first few weeks postpartum. Uh, I just saw a mom who was a few, you know, two, three months postpartum, and there's this purity, this beauty in the mother that she's kind of in this other state, this other world, um, just taking care of this small, small, new, new baby, this new soul um, in... In Jewish tradition, I've heard that they say that the woman actually goes, crosses the barrier of life and death to go get the soul of the baby and then comes back. And I kind of feel that from early postpartum moms that they're in this state of like having been so close to God or spirit or whatever you want to call it. And it's absolutely beautiful. And yes, we're kind of wilting our bellies, which have been swollen, which have taken nine months to swell up, are kind of still there for a few months postpartum sometimes, and are floppy, and the skin is stretched out, and the boobs are like growing and becoming smaller. And so they're doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, and then especially in the year, the following year of baby's first year, we're super tired. Our hair falls out quite a bit. And I find that that first year is just like a pretty big mess. Like I would, I would try to exercise and I would still feel super floppy and not really put back together. And, um, I mean, saying this and for someone who hasn't been through it or who hasn't observed someone go through it can sound horrible. And I know that a lot of women are afraid of pregnancy and birth because it will make them older or deform their bodies and all these things. And, you know, what I can say is, yes, it does. Um, but it's absolutely beautiful. And the gift of the child in that is beautiful. And over time, with um, intention and con conscientious exercise, all of that can come back. Well, not all of it. The body will be changed, but the body will come back to a functional, beautiful state. And it's almost like the tulip wilting and then becoming dormant in the bulb in the earth again. So I found that even the year after having Radha, even I'm almost now two years postpartum, uh, is kind of a time to like come back into myself, into my family, into my friends. And it's not so much about being out there in the world. I mean, a lot of you guys know I was, um, I was pretty active on social media in my pregnancy and then a little bit just after Rana was born, um, I think because that momentum had kept, was kept go going. Um, but I felt that um, the energy definitely was going more towards me and my baby and healing and mending and not so much to being a woman in, in the greater world. So, yes, yeah, so the bulb goes into sleeping and then it comes back out and it can become a beautiful plant and a beautiful flower once again. And that can mean 
another pregnancy or that can mean another creative project kind of like this podcast for me and that energy comes out so um it's all a wave and it's all cyclical and it comes and goes and it grows and it dies and it wilts and it goes dormant and it grows again and when we can accept and love each stage of these this these cycles it's much more easy to well it's just much more pleasant (laughs) to live through them um and yes i also wanted to add that um coming into uh or or after the postpart the early postpartum period so after like the first year and through the second year um especially in my experience this time around i feel like i've really had to discover who i am as a woman um as a woman and as a mother of now two daughters and this is like a change that can happen with every pregnancy and with every baby is that we um, go through this pregnancy and then we have this baby and we spend this year these few months kind of dormant just taking care of our children and ourselves simplifying all of life and then we come we're kind of ready to come back into the world I find this is marked especially by the return of of menstruation it's like the body it's like I felt like a woman again when my when my body started menstruating menstruating and ovulating again um I the focus wasn't so much on the mother the mothering side of me now there's kind of more of a balance between the woman that I am and the mother that I am um so that's been an interesting thing to to kind of look at but I'm trying to focus this episode mostly on the physical part, um, which brings me finally to something I did want to talk about is sex postpartum. Now, usually what you'll hear in sort of the medical side of things and mid- with midwives is that it's only safe to have sex six weeks postpartum and that they'll often talk about that um, in the last appointment postpartum with um, your midwife or your doctor they'll talk about contraception and they'll talk about they'll say okay like now you're ready to have sex um but they don't have time or sometimes even the training to go deeper into that like what does that mean what if a woman doesn't want to have sex does that mean it should be normal for her to have sex does that mean that her partner can expect her to be ready to have sex six weeks postpartum these are all not necessarily true. It is so individual to each couple and each woman and each pregnancy. So for example, after Leah's birth, my first daughter, um, we actually had sex the next day. <laughs> I had so much energy. I was kind of on this birth high, which I've heard doulas talk about before. And knowing about it now, if I were to catch a mom in birth high, I would tell her to just rest. Um, because the day after giving birth, I was cleaning the house and I was all over the place. I'll talk about that a little bit more <laughs> uh, later, but uh, it was I think it was mostly due to my age. I was 25 when I had my first baby and I felt right, very much ready to uh, have sex and just so close to Vitaly. Uh, he was with me at the birth and so excited about life that we connected in that way. Um, and then, and then we didn't, I think for a while after, I think my midwife talked to me and was like, oh, well, that might not be the best idea. Um, but there is another woman I follow on Instagram, uh, Bao Housewife, B-A-U-H-A-U-S-W-I-F-E, Bao Housewife. Uh, I warn you, she's a bit radical and, uh, very much against the, uh hospital birth and things like that uh but i and i mean i appreciate that uh, and i love her perspective on things and she recently did a podcast about having her eighth baby and she shared that she had sex with her husband a few days after giving birth and um, she shares why she wasn't worried about infection is um sometimes one of the worries that they want us to wait six weeks is if there are any tears um, any healing that has to be done uh, in the vagina or a vulva, that all that is kind of healed and sealed before having sex. 
Um, but she talks about how that's what she wanted to do and she didn't need the permission of a doctor to do so. And so she did so. <laughs> um, I, I, I like, I don't know. I like her approach sometimes. Um, I'm not telling you to do it before six weeks. You can definitely talk about it with your medical provider, but I'm just sharing stories of other women. And that being said, sometimes it's much later than six weeks. So with Radha, I think the first time we actually had sex was three months postpartum. And even then, there were some areas that were a bit painful. I think I had two slight tears in during, after Radha's birth, which healed up fine. But what can happen is that the scar tissue can be quite painful and that can take some time for healing. Um, now, I'm not going to go too much into healing tears and things like that. I don't have too much personal experience with it. But what I can say is for any women who have uh, experienced some, some pretty bad tears is to look into the work of Kimberly and Johnson uh, you can find her on Instagram at magamamas, M-A-G-A-M-A-M-A-S. And she talks about incredible work, which is, is uh, vaginal massage. <laughs> I didn't know how to say that in a better way. I, I think she uses a better way. But basically, it is a massage um, of the vagina working on the scars and also working on the emotional psychological and spiritual trauma energy charge that are stored in those scars and she has incredible stories of helping women uh, with this technique she is training people uh, it's actually not very legal because only certain People uh, are legally allowed to touch the genital area. Um, I think it's t it fits under sex work in some states in the U.S. And I'm not sure about the laws in Canada. But I think this is very promising work. And even if we don't have trained therapists in, in our areas for this kind of work, I'm talking here especially for women who have, who have these kind of injuries, um, is... I think there are some physical therapists who specialize in pelvic floor. They can actually go into the vagina and uh, take a look at how the muscles are being affected there. Um, but the key is resolving also the emotional, psychological, and spiritual um, trauma that can have happened from birth and that can be stored in these areas. And when all of that releases... Um, women can go from having the most painful sex to being able to enjoy sex again and connecting with their partners. Um, and I, I find this work is, is very interesting and I want to share that it exists because this is not something that we always talk about. Um, but these are real issues that some women have. Uh, another thought I had is that, um, with your partner, if there are some of these areas, um, that are very sensitive, maybe before having sex, it could be interesting to um, kind of explore uh, the vulva together. <laughs> and if he is kind of more sensitive in that way, um, then maybe he can do some of the massage and it can be a gentle return to uh, sex life after having the baby. And so just that to say, to very much listen, we have to listen to ourselves uh, to where we're at, to what, where our body's at, and that our partners should know that after birth, we don't really know what the sex life is going to look like, but it will come back again, just like our body will look different, our sex life will look different, and our relationship will look different because our partner, who's now he's now a father, he has grown very much from the birth, and um, the connection can even be much deeper because of the parenting experience together or more separate um you know every couple is kind of different but that is something to work through and to just listen um i found for us you know what it was really when i felt my hormones starting to cycle again and getting ready for menstruation that um sex became uh as enjoyable as before pregnancy uh, so that was um, 
almost just over a year postpartum. And that can sound like forever to some people, especially if you're on the other side of pregnancy and your first pregnancy. But it does come back. It will be different. It will still be beautiful. It can still be joyful. It can even be more um, pleasurable and joyful and connecting. Um, But it will be different and it will come back. And the more communication and um, between the two people and listening to our own bodies the better and more healthily that can happen. Okay, coming back to uh, the physical body and especially the core is is what I like to focus on for finding, uh, for regarding fitness postpartum. Uh, First thing is that fitness should never really stop. (laughs) Being aware of our of our personal fitness and how we are moving our body. So fitness for me does not even mean um, going to the gym and taking classes or um, going for runs or whatever it can look like and what we think fitness is as when we put it in a box. Uh, I just mean just being aware of how we move our body. So be so the so what I would encourage women to do is to get in like pretty good shape um or to move to just stay mobile and move and keep mobility in the hips and yes learn some core strengthening exercises and back strengthening exercises find or do dance or just find some joyful way to move and keep the body strong and flexible because that will allow for a healthier and more easy pregnancy and also for faster recovering to a functional state postpartum. Um, it's also about the mental discipline of putting this into uh, your daily life, your daily schedule, because once baby comes along, it can become even more difficult. Um, so just building up that discipline even before becoming pregnant. Um, now in pregnancy... Uh, one thing that we have to take into account is that the hormone relaxin is being released into the body uh, and it its effect is more and more significant as we approach birth. What this hormone does is it starts to make the ligaments and tendons a bit more stretchy, especially the ones that hold the joints together. Um, I believe these are ligaments, right? but I digress, I'm not an anatomy expert, um, is that relaxin is working throughout the body and is making everything more stretchy. So that just means we have to be mindful about things like impact, um, impact movement, like jumping and running and things like that, um, and, and also stretching. So even yoga is something I realized in pregnancy and even in early postpartum or in the first year postpartum, we have to be very careful with it because our joints and ligaments can become more stretchy and we can actually overstretch or instead of stretching the muscles, stretch the ligaments and tendons more. Um, And so it's not a time to overdo it. Pregnancy and postpartum are not the time to be getting into the best shape and are not the time to overdo it and are not the time to um, push you know, our flexibility. We might feel more flexible, um, but that's just the body getting ready for birth and not getting ready to do crazy yoga postures. Um, I'm kind of talking to myself because I was influenced by um, some beautiful mamas sharing their, their, their beautiful pregnant yoga postures online and me trying to do the same and we have to listen to our body and to our motivation I think for me um, I didn't have a pure enough motivation I was really just trying to imitate these women and do beautiful postures and maybe their bodies could handle it and I didn't even really know my body couldn't handle it but looking back I think I pushed too hard and especially with things like backbending which I would not recommend well I am a yoga teacher, so maybe I'm allowed to say these things, but I would not yet recommend uh, any kind of deep backbends uh, in pregnancy or in early postpartum because they put a lot of pressure on the core. 
The key to deep back bends is a strong core and a strong back. And in pregnancy, I mean, the baby's in the belly stretching everything out. So stretching out our abs or rectus abdominis. And what happens is that there's a kind of, a, there's a connecting tissue in between the two sides of the rectus abdominis that are holding it together. And that can start to stretch and open up in pregnancy. And that is what causes kind of the pooch belly postpartum because the two rectus abdominis are not kind of close together anymore and they're stretched out. But it's mostly the separation that can happen between the two sides um, that keeps our core kind of open and the belly kind of hanging out. And so the more we do things to aggravate that in pregnancy, the more we will notice that postpartum. And one way we can know that this is happening is if we see like a doming. Now I had this with in my first pregnancy. Uh, I thought it was funny. I had no idea what was going on. I remember uh, doing like crunches or some kind of ad work or even plank uh, and in with a pregnant belly and noticing this funny dome thing that was happening. I was like, wow, look, V, this is hilarious. And I talked to my mom and she was like, oh yeah, I had that too. No problem, no worries. Um, my mom is fit, quite fit, you know, <laughs> uh, 55 and has four children. So I was like, okay, if mom had no problem, then it's no problem. Um, but when we're doing things that create that doming, uh, we're stretching out that that connective tissue between the two sides of the abs and we do not want to be doing that <laughs> um, in pregnancy or postpartum. Anytime we see that doming, you want to stop and regroup and either not do the exercise or make sure the core is fully engaged to stop that doming. Um, so also in pregnancy, um, this relaxin is coming into our body, everything is stretching out. Um, we can accept help. This is something that um, I especially didn't do in my first pregnancy and learned to do in my second pregnancy. Um, first pregnancy, it was more like an ego thing. Like, no, I can do everything. I can be pregnant and lift tables and pick things up and carry heavy water bottles um, and do all these big things. And people around me were like, oh my God, we have to help the pregnant woman. Um, especially people from, I find, other cultures other than the Canadian culture. Uh, like for example, the Russian culture, they just, they want to help women and especially a pregnant woman, you just help her. And as pregnant women, we can accept the help and learn to accept the help. And that is a huge lesson sometimes for some of us and a great preparation for the postpartum time when we will need that skill of learning to accept help. Um... Okay, so that's kind of what I wanted to say about pregnancy. Now, postpartum. Oh, I guess in my list, I'm kind of skipping birth. <laughs> um, but one way to um, that will affect, something that will affect our postpartum healing is how we give birth. And now this could be a very long subject. But what I will what I will say is, especially if we're going, if a woman is aiming to have a vaginal birth, if um, if everything is medically okay and there's no medical need for a cesarean, and a woman wants to have a vaginal birth, I will just say one thing: um, the more comfortable and relaxed and safe a woman feels, the easier it is for her body to open up. So this can be in a home, this can be in the hospital, uh, having trusting people that she trusts around her and people who are sensitive to her and um, yeah, sensitive to her and tuned in will allow for that sort of energy in the space to be right so that the woman can relax and open up. It takes the same hormones and um, energy as it does for sex, aka oxytocin, as it does to give birth. Uh, so just keep that in mind because when we can birth in a relaxed way, then we're less likely to tear um, and we're less likely to need other kind of interventions like a cesarean, which takes more time to heal. 
So this is speaking about postpartum healing uh, for a vaginal delivery with no specific tearing. If there is a cesarean scar, I'm not too familiar or educated on uh, healing from cesareans, although the scars and, and cuts now they have to make are, are much smaller than they ever used to be. Um, we can just delay the healing time in bed and at home by like an extra week or two. And the basic key is, I can't say it enough, is to listen to the body. If something doesn't feel right, stop and seek help or stop and wait it out and give a few more days to heal or do the easier exercise before you're ready to move on because that is actually the quickest way to um, more holistic healing. So my first daughter, I was 25 years old and I honestly did notice a big difference between uh, the postpartum healing of after Leah and after my second baby. After Leah, I was 25 and in general good physical fitness and everything popped back into place like that. Like it was, I was even blown away. Um, and I think that that mostly has to do with the fact that I was young and that it was my first pregnancy. So, and then I was telling all my friends, see guys, it's possible. You don't have to be worried about giving birth and your body will just bounce back. Um, now I'm, you know, around women who have had babies at all ages, who have had multiple babies. And this certainly can change um, after a second or a third baby and uh, at different ages and different fitness levels and different states of the body and all these things play play into it. So um, again, just this just goes back to the rainbow of changes that can happen to a to a woman's body. Second baby, um, after Rada, the pooch, the like pregnancy belly was still there for a while <laughs> after giving birth, very pronounced after, you know, two months, three months. Um, I had to find different clothes and to, because I had a completely different shape to my body. Um, and that was kind of a tough thing to, to love and accept, very tough. Uh, I had one mom who kind of saved me and she said, nine months postpartum, I noticed a huge difference and my belly just kind of went away. And I don't think she even did very much at all. So um, even some of the things I'm going to be sharing and saying and some of the exercises, um, I think that one of the main things is to not push it too hard. Like overdoing it can actually cause more damage and lengthen the healing time more so than not doing any extra exercise. So that is a huge point, okay? Remember that. Um, but yeah, so after Rada, the belly was kind of hanging out quite a bit after, um, especially after I ate, I found that <laughs> if there was like any extra stuff in the body, the belly was very happy to pop back out again. Um, my dentist even once told me like, oh wow, are you pregnant again? Um, he didn't really know how old my baby was or anything like that. He just knew I had had a pregnancy, had had a baby, and then he was like, oh, now you're pregnant again. Um, I hear that from women a lot, and I've seen that from a lot of groups, that that can really trigger their uh, self-consciousness about their their baby, post-baby pooch hanging out. Um, I was prepared for that because I had seen all these comments, and I just laughed because I was already in a place where I was loving it and I was loving my body and trusting that it would all be okay. Even if it stayed like that, it would all be okay. And uh, so I laughed it off and I told him, you better be careful, Mr. Dentist. And that was fine. But just warning you that those kind of comments can come out and um, yeah, not to take it personally. Um, so in the early days postpartum, especially like the first week uh, I think in, in Chinese medicine, they have a rule where it's like five days in bed. Um, the next five days are in the home, kind of walking around, not even really going outside or maybe a stroll around the house or down the street. And then the next five days, again, it's like that strolling, just being out of the house, but not really being out in public or grocery shopping as much as we can. Um, I do want to focus on that in another podcast, more the emotional, spiritual, psychological healing postpartum. Uh, but this goes for physical healing as well, is to 
Um, take it super easy those first two weeks. It's just walking around a little bit. We're not carrying anything heavier than our than the weight of our babies. And we also have to be very careful with what kind of baby carriers we're using. Um, I love, and I know a lot of moms who love in the first few weeks, like a stretchy wrap. You can look up online like a Moby wrap. Um, it's, it's made of um, stretchy material, a long wrap, and for the weight of a small baby, um, like from seven to maybe 15 pounds, uh, it's so comfortable to wear that on the body, and I find I feel super supported with that kind of thing. Uh, so if anything ever feels wrong when you're carrying a baby like that, or um, you feel like you're not holding it up, you're not holding yourself and the baby, um, take it off and seek help and find, you know, skin to skin, baby on mama time, maybe lying down or, um, or just being aware of not carrying baby so much, just really taking the time. Um, in Chinese medicine, they say that the postpartum time is an opportunity for great healing and that if a woman, um, does it in a respectful way to herself and her body and her baby, she can actually heal other illnesses and chronic illnesses that she has had. If she overdoes it, um, she can exacerbate some of these chronic illnesses. So I always keep that in the back of my mind that if I really take it easy and, and take that time, then um, it, can actually, it can be super beneficial for the body long term. Um, another thing is talking about the Beikung wrap. Uh, it's like it's from Asian countries. It's this wrap that women do around their core postpartum. I tried this without any training and it did not go very well for me. I think I put it on too tight. Although I think the main problem is that the material is not stretchy. And so I honestly feel it's almost like no matter how, what tension I put on it, I didn't feel like I could breathe um, because the material didn't stretch. And uh, <laughs> the way I did it, it actually ended up giving me hemorrhoids because it was putting too much pressure on my core and pushing everything out the floor. And uh, I had never had hemorrhoids in my life and I would not have had them, I don't think, had I not tried the Beikung wrap. So that was my experience with it. Um, I would highly recommend if this is something interesting for you to, uh, to ask for some training um, and to, to have a doula who's trained in this to help you out. Uh, one thing I have seen is a stretchy wrap that almost looks like the stretchy wrap for baby carrying, but that, that goes around a woman's core. And uh, some women even use this in pregnancy for extra support. And this would make sense to me and something I might try um, with another pregnancy uh, because it's something that's stretchy and, and is breathable. Um, now, also, some women will feel very, well, I did too, um, especially in the first few days after birth, like your whole center of gravity changes in one instant to the next as soon as baby and placenta and the amniotic fluid are all out of your belly right that can be like 20 pounds 15 20 pounds depending on the weight of the baby probably more like 15 pounds that come out of of the belly and so your whole body has to readjust for that so it can feel totally normal to have this like vacant vacuumy kind of feeling uh at the belly and feeling super unstable and all the joints again because of that relaxing and probably just tired and exhausted from the birth process depending how it went so uh yeah just being really gentle and not doing anything not even worrying about core anything um in the first week no need even two weeks again listen to your body uh, one book, one resource that I absolutely love is Kimberly Ann Johnson's book, The Fourth Trimester. She outlines some great exercises um, for the core and for connecting the pelvic floor and the transverse abdominus muscles, the lower ab muscles especially. Um, and these are like the the muscles that are the core of our, our being, right? And it's kind of crazy that these are the, everything that gets opened up and stretched out in birth. But we are made that these things can come back and support, again, a functional body. Um, 
So this is where a lot of the focus I find is in the postpartum time is to regain the strength and uh, regain the communication even with these muscles because after birth it might feel like they're no longer there. Um, it's like even peeing and, and going to the washroom and pooping. It's like everything is just like numb and it's like what is going on down there? But again, all of that heals in time. Just be gentle and loving with yourself and it all can come back or there are therapists to help with more serious issues um avoiding impact so this is where the relaxin is actually still in the body as long as we're breastfeeding so even now i'm still nursing rada uh two years postpartum and um nursing much less so the amount of relaxin does definitely decrease over time but kimberly johnson in her book doesn't recommend any uh impact exercise uh before six months postpartum and I'm really glad that I read that because uh, with Leia after first baby, it was no problem. I remember I wanted to run and I would just kind of stop myself, but it's kind of crazy how um, how great I felt after that. But after Rada, I definitely felt like I went for a quick run. I was strolling with my mom. I think it was four months postpartum and I was like, oh, can I run now? And I took five steps and it felt like my intestines were almost going to fall out of me because I totally did not have the core strength to support the body during running. Um, so, you know, it's a kind of a good way to try a super little bit and see how the body feels and reacts. And then it's like, well, if I'm not strong enough, then that means there has to be other building of the core foundation before that kind of stuff becomes possible. Uh, even with jumping jacks, it felt for me like up to almost even 18 months postpartum that I didn't feel like things were loose or were going to fall out um, from me with, with jumping jacks. So um, I would try to do them and then I would have to adapt and adjust and then I would try them and adapt and adjust. And um, that was just my experience. So just be really careful with that kind of thing. Um, so two, so a few programs that I've really loved to, uh, kind of find my fitness again, uh, one was I did the diastasis recti program by Katrina Oakley online, and this was fantastic, uh, especially for my analytical mind. She went very much into the anatomy of the core and of breathing and she gave a lot of uh especially breathing exercises in the first um few weeks of working on this and any woman postpartum at any time who wants to kind of regain that functional core can start doing these different exercises um, I'll mention some of them so you can keep an eye out for these different exercises because there are many programs now for diastasis recti available online and even some YouTube videos. Um, but some are like pelvic tilts, always with a breath, using the breath with the, the movement. Um, inhaling and exhaling and as you exhale, pulling up the pelvic floor and pushing the lower core against the floor. This is when you're lying on your back with your knees bent and your feet on the floor. Um, so it's like an inhale and then an exhale, bringing the abs and everything in the pelvic floor up and the and pushing down into the floor. And this can be done um, like 10 reps with a rest and then three times. And it can be done a few times during uh, during the day. And really doing these little exercises in the early days, like the first um, after starting after the first two weeks postpartum and doing these regularly in the first three or four months with not doing anything extra on the side, like just doing walking, gentle walking, uh, really makes a huge difference. Uh, she also talks about using the glutes. This is something I noticed I like was not, I was not engaging my glutes and my butt muscles properly, probably ever um, in my fitness days and so I'm a lot more aware actually of my whole body through this through this journey um, but uh, she talks about doing squats in a proper way and engaging the glutes um, and also about the flaring out of the ribs at the top so that's something that can happen is that the whole 
rib cage actually opens and expands for baby and can get stretched out and opened. Um, and I've had an osteopath tell me that this happens like as soon as we get pregnant and as long as we're breastfeeding, it will kind of stay open. Um, but we can train these muscles to pull down those upper ribs uh, with the breath and kind of, again, bring that core back into a functional state. So I highly recommend looking at that program and checking out those videos or finding another program that that looks interesting to you. Um, the other one that I loved with after Leia's pregnancy was P90. This is by Tony Horton and it's on Beachbody. So I actually have a Beachbody membership and love the access to um, home workouts because you know, I'll do 30 minute workout, which honestly, guys, 30 minutes for me, 30 minutes, like three or four times a week, not even every week. Um, like sometimes I'll take a full week off. That's how I've um, regained my fitness. And it kind of blows my mind because I feel so good right now. Um, even better than before my pregnancy, because I've learned new things about my body. And I'm a lot more uh, aware of my pelvic floor and lower core engaging while I move but even just 30 minutes four times three or four times a week and skipping a week every month has made me feel um, so good um, so uh, that's the P90 program it's fantastic because it's like a three-month program with three 30-day um, periods uh, where the first 30 days is like the A program and the next 30 days is B and then the next 30 days is C and it slowly builds up over those three months. So like P90A, those first 30 days, they even give um, a gentle, like an adapted version of those exercises. It's fantastic. Like if you're just starting to work out um, or you're six months postpartum and you're ready to move again, it's a gentle fantastic full body um, workout program that is great. And that's what I love about these programs is that they are designed by physical trainers and people who know the body. And so it's very balanced. So they will focus a lot on the upper back and the shoulders. And that with breastfeeding, like I said before, is very, I would say important. But again, it's all depends what's important to you. But it's incredible the difference of having a strong back and open shoulders and chest. Um, just for feeling strong, having a good posture and being able to hold baby. Uh, we need to do that if that's what we want, uh, especially after the breastfeeding time. So another one I love is 21 Day Fix. Uh, now again, I would recommend sort of the adapted version that she offers um, in the first few few weeks and to take your time with that. Um, and what I'm doing now is I'm doing a lot of yoga. Um, I really love Kino McGregor from Kino Yoga, and she has her own yoga platform at omstars.com. And uh, she, she focuses, she comes from the Ashtanga uh, background, and she focuses a lot on the lower core and on the pelvic floor in all of her postures. Okay, guys, so listen, this has blown my mind for your yogis out th the you yogis out there uh i had always thought or understood that in every posture i needed to be breathing deeply and with my belly but i always found that that was not functional or practical that in in many postures i needed that core strength and pelvic floor strength to support me in difficult postures and so it never really made sense and finally at least for me in my yoga journey, this is what it's been. Uh, Kino from the Ashtanga method is always encouraging us, even in a forward bend, even um, in postures that aren't even balancing postures, she encourages us to contract and um, pull in or strengthen that lower belly to support the whole posture. And it's changed everything for me and has really changed... Um, and because that's been the type of yoga I've been practicing now for two months, um, fairly often, I take a week off or a few days off around my period, um, and I do maybe three, two or three classes in the week otherwise, uh, has made huge differences for supporting the whole body because that lower belly and pelvic floor are strong. 
So that has been um, an incredible change to my yoga practice, uh, has been keeping that lower core and pelvic floor strong. And, and postpartum, I find this especially important because these areas have been stretched out and opened up. We have to be especially mindful about these areas. And this is also um, like when we're picking anything anything heavy up, like when I'm picking rata up, I'm always first engaging the lower belly and the pelvic floor and then making sure I'm not just using my back to pick her up. And we have to be really aware of these things to not injure ourselves. Um, and finally, um, when I'm whenever I'm bending forward, um, I found that my belly would just kind of like pop out and hang out and want to just hang out with the guys. And, uh, I have to be really aware. And, and actually now it's, it's, it's much less. Um, in the past month, I've been doing a lot of yoga and focusing a lot on this lower core, but again, I'm just two years postpartum. Um, my body has finally kind of learned and strengthened to come back. But before I really had to focus if I was bending over to it's not about sucking in the belly so that it doesn't look bad it's more just holding it together so it doesn't fall out of me (laughs) does that make sense and so just being aware of these things and starting to talk to these parts of ourselves and to these muscles can over time make them um, just do these things on their own but we have to kind of talk to them and train them to do it Um, another thing when this would happen is even just like kind of uh, being on all fours on hands and knees that the belly would want to hang out so even when we're just doing that we think we can be relaxed and we can just hang out there like if we're in a yoga class um, we want that lower core we want the core to be mm, snug and strong so that it's not hanging out um, and uh, yeah so I wanted to also add in that in pregnancy when we're, if I was doing, for example, cat-cow and breathing and yoga, and it's kind of the same thing, even in pregnancy with a big belly, um, we want to be aware that our co- lower core and core are at least engaged uh, when we're doing these things. And I actually think that on, P- on Beachbody, there is a pregnancy fitness or pregnancy yoga video that I remember seeing and she talked about these things and she talked about engaging the core uh, the transverse abdominis even around the pregnant belly when we were doing movements Um, and I found that very interesting so just making sure that you connect with people who have training in specifically pregnancy and postpartum Um, and I taught postpartum yoga (laughs) back in the day and I would even change um, a lot of what I was teaching and what I was making the women do um, and to just be aware of the body like one month postpartum two months postpartum nine months postpartum after giving birth make a huge difference just with the time of of healing that that we're able to have (sighs) ah I think that's it I think um, I got everything out I hope that that was useful and helpful to some people. Um, And if you listen to this and you have any questions or feedback or comments, please uh, message me. I would love to hear anything you would like to share. Um, And something I also want to throw out there for anyone listening is that if you have a story you want to tell, um, a story you want to share in a public space that is not too public, like I obviously right now don't have a huge following Um, but if there's a story you want to share um, don't hesitate to reach out and we can maybe record something together because something I would like to do is share um, healing stories or any stories any insight from the people Um, I am mostly geared towards women right now, so the women in my community sharing their stories um, on on this platform. So if anyone feels they want to do that, have a story to tell, uh, birth stories I actually was thinking would be awesome to share on here, let me know. Or even your own postpartum healing. Uh, I would would love to work with um, any of my friends or any listeners out there who want to share their story. So I wish you a beautiful day. 
Um, and enjoy the winter, enjoy where you're at. And remember for fitness and, and physical strength, do the best that you can with what you have. One thing I wanted to say is that, yes, 30-minute workout with the kids around and a baby would sometimes take an hour, and that's just what it was. So I would plan for a 30-minute workout and know that it would probably take an hour, um, uh, including breastfeeding and changing diapers or entertaining or cuddling. Um, right now, uh, Rada is pottying, so sometimes I have to take her to the washroom, do all that jazz, so yeah, you know, you just do the best that you can with where you're at and you don't have to do the program the way that they're uh, listed out on, on Beachbody, for example. You do what you can and even that makes a difference. So don't hesitate to reach out. I love you. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.